0: We have been spending the past couple of weeks looking at what we believe, and we've been using the doctorates and articles of faith of the Salvation Army. But the Salvation Army is a Christian church, has doctrinal beliefs and articles of faith that are very similar to the Christian church. I mean, they are from the Christian church. And so regardless of whether or not You join the Salvation Army or not, knowing these things and understanding them can be essential to help you establish your identity of faith, helping you establish your identity, who you are. No matter where you're from or what you do. And so we work through all 11 doctrines. They were, really quickly, we believe that the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were given by inspiration of God and that they only constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice. We believe that there is only one God who is infinitely perfect, the creator, preserver, and governor of all things, and who is the only proper object of religious worship. We believe that there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, undivided in essence and co-equal in power and glory. We believe that there are four persons the, 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 in the person of Jesus Christ, the divine and human natures are united, so that He is truly and properly God and truly and properly man. We believe that our first parents were created in a state of innocency, but by their disobedience they lost their purity and happiness, and then a consequence of their fall, all men have become sinners, totally depraved, and as such are justly exposed to the wrath of God. I like to say that one sounds harsh, but we have never seen. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, as by his suffering and death, made an a for the whole world, so whosoever will, may be saved. We believe that regeneration towards God, our repentance towards God, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and regeneration by the Holy Spirit are necessary to salvation. We believe that we are justified by grace through our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and he that believeth hath a witness in himself. We believe that continuance in the state of salvation depends upon continued, obedient faith in Christ. We believe that it is the privilege of all believers to be wholly sanctified and that their whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the last doctrine, we believe in the immortality of the soul and the resurrection of the body and the general judgment at the end of the world and the eternal happiness of the righteous and in the endless punishment of the wicked. And last week, we looked at an article of faith. It said, I would be responsive to the Holy Spirit's work and obedient to his leading in my life, growing in grace through worship, prayer, service, and reading of the Bible. And we looked how those are important in helping us be responsive. Today we're going to look at the second article. And it says this. I will make the values of the kingdom of God and not the values of the world the standard for my life. I will make the values of the kingdom of God and not the standard the values of the world the standard for my life. In today's society, that's kind of that's getting more difficult as we go, though, right? Because is that is how. It's an article of faith that we as a church subscribe to, that we believe, that we are making this declaration. That, you know, back to the doctrine. We believe that the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were given by inspiration of God and that they only constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice. We are able to take His Word and through the responsiveness to the Spirit lead our lives according to the values of God's kingdom and not the values of the world around us. So, I'm going to ask you a question. If to observe your funeral and hear what people would say about you? Do you think you'd want to listen? Or do you think you'd be like, oh my goodness, I don't need to know what they thought about me? Do you think that you would have left them good and kind things to say? Things that they were going to miss about you, things that they liked about you. Or do you think that they would say things like "good, good riddance"? Thank goodness they're gone.
1: I hope that people say, you know, "Thank goodness I'm God because that's just a prayer for me to be with Jesus.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's one thing to think, oh, our pain is over, we're finally with the Lord, and another for people to think, we're better off without it. <laughs> There's an old saying that says, live your life so that they don't have to lie at your funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Live your life so that they don't have to lie at your funeral. And as someone who's conducted a couple of funerals, it's always nice to know what has been happening in their lives and where they were in their walk. Because ministers, what do we normally tell people when someone passes away? Don't worry, you'll see them again in heaven, right? Well, as ministers, when we're doing a funeral, we sit here and we have to wonder the question on, actually, is that what's going to happen? And so it's important for us to know who we are, what we believe, and where we're going. And part of knowing where we're going is making sure that when we live our lives, the values that we follow are the values that God has set for us, given to us through His Word, not the values of the world around us. Because it used to be that they may have been actually okay. But now, the standard of what is a good person in the world is not the standard of what it means to be a godly person. And so we need to be able to recognize and know what it means to live godly. To live a god life, not a good life. Because we can give both. But we need to remember to live a God-life. A life for Him. In Him and through Him. As well as being a good person. Because if we're living in Him and He's living in us and we're living through Him, then being a good person is going to come like a second nature. But we need to understand that. When we talk about a person's life work, talk about the things that they have done in their past, right? It doesn't even have to be their job. It could be their interaction with their family, how they raise their children, things like that, right? So life's work could be things like developing something successful to leave to your children. Or how you raise your children and what you leave behind them morally to follow Genesis 2, 15, and then over to verse 20, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. In the ancient world, to give name or even to know someone's name meant to have power over that. So humans were created to have a life's work of managing God's creation so what are we as Christians to do? What is the life work of a Christian, of a person who lives for God? Well, first, to give God the glory. And whatever we do and whatever we say, our actions, our words should bring glory to God. Second, we are called to be his ambassadors. Beacons of light in a dark world. And it seems that the world, the further we go, Darker it gets, right? I will make the values of the kingdom of God and not the values of the world the standard of my life. Maybe even 50 years ago, wouldn't it have been that different. They would have had similar values. There was a little Passes, the world around us has just gotten darker and darker. And sadly, so many Christians' lights have been getting dimmer and dimmer because they have lost sight of what it means to live a God life over. Being a Christian is so much more than being a good person. We have been called to be ambassadors. So, what exactly does that even entitle? I want to read some scripture to you. We're in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 13 through 16. that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We are to not fully buy into the societies in which we are living. We don't adjust our values to match the world around us. If we are beacons in darkness, we don't turn down the light so that it fits in better. We're in the world, but not of the world. We live here, but this world is not our home. Certain characteristics of the world may be hard to avoid, like fashion, language, obedience to the law, But remember that obedience to the law is a fine line and a conflict when obedience to the law means disobedience towards God. God's word is our authority. We are not governed by peer pressure or what everyone else thinks or even what is deemed politically correct. Jesus said in John chapter 15 verses 18 through 20, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey you also. We are to live out God's priorities on this earth. Be ambassadors of God to the world around us. Like John said, John 15, 18, 2, 20. I have chosen you out of the book. Just like an ambassador of a foreign nation resides in a place to be a spokesperson on behalf of that nation, to help people understand We too are called to help influence the world around us. Look like at Matthew chapter 5. And this time I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out. God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you so your prompt people to open up with God generous father we are called to be ambassadors for god ambassadors for christ and so how do we fulfill this first recognize what god's priorities are we're to live a god life over a good life we need to know what that looks like Because our society is constantly changing what it means to be a good person. The first thing we need to understand is love. Now, in what we would see in the world around us, how the world would define love sometimes, It is this irresistible feeling that can bloom and then die. Right? Look at the divorce rate in the world around you. I loved that when we got married, but then you don't. But how blessed are we that that's not the kind of love God has for us. And that's not the kind of love that God wants us to have for. God says that love is an act of will with emotional overtones, a feeling that cannot be commanded, but we are indeed commanded to it. To love others as God has loved us. I've taken a class in multicultural counseling and it talked about the differences in different societies and it says that in the united states we out of a lot of other places tend to be very individualistic in other words out of most societies out there we tend to focus on self more than others Telling you if you've ever tried to drive on the interstate, if you're in traffic, you can see that in motion. And one of those things about self is self-realization. Society today will try to tell you that self-realization could be one of the most important things for you. But God's word teaches us that God's glory is what's important. One who seeks God's glory rather than his own fulfillment interestingly enough has a better chance of actually being fulfilled. What does the Bible tell us? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and then what will be added? 10:39 1039 says, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So we need to be able to have a clear thinking process when it comes to recognizing God's priorities and values, especially the fact that we must be able to recognize them as truth through the distorted lenses that the world would have us see should be values. We must be able to see with God's eyes. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct God? mind. Of Christ. And of course Romans 12:2 Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I will make the values of kingdom of God, the value and not the values of the world my standard for life. Now it is important to note there's a saying that says we are not meant to become so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. What did I say? We're called the ambassadors, right? So even though we are to know the will of God, we are to be able to know His priorities, to make the values of the kingdom of God ours, we have an important job. To take that into the world. In the world around us, things will come at us. Things that even seem acceptable. So, what's the best way, like I said, to test and improve what God's will is? Prayer, study of the Scripture. allowing God to speak to you and thinking about it. That's why this article of faith comes after the first one, being responsive to the spirit and learning the importance of prayer and reading your scripture and being obedient to the guidance and direction of God in the spirit. Because that is how we are going to be able to test that will and know what is good. No one is godly. So what then is to be our life's work? Now, yeah. what if it is to glorify God? And so, whatever profession we may have. Whatever talents we may have, we can still use them to glorify God. We have not been set up on this earth simply to enjoy life. We are not here to focus on self-fulfillment. But today's society will tell us that that is normal, that is good. That the only people we should really worry about are ourselves. And sometimes we get a little broader. Our family. But we have been called to be ambassadors. To be a light on a hill. Look again. 5 Starting with verse 13. In closing, we're going to look at the scripture one more time, and then we're going to have our time for prayer. Because the question I want you to ask you today, part of the self-realization, is I want you to be able to realize what kind of life you are leading right now. Who are you living for? What are you focused on? It is great to be a good person. In fact, God would have us to be a good person. But what He would want is for us not to stop there. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. You're here to bring glory to God. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You have lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. We allow the world around us to influence us. We become part of the world, sacrificing God's values by adapting the values of the world and society around us. We lose Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. We are called to be ambassadors to shine. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. When we sacrifice our saltiness, our godliness, our lights dim. And even worse, we fall short of living by the values of God. We fall short of being his ambassadors and we seem to be blind or asleep to the troubles of the world around us we are called to keep open house to be generous with our lives By opening up to others, we will prompt people to open up to God, their generous Father in heaven. Through our light, we have the opportunity to show others God, to help bring out the God colors in the world. But yet we become a society so worried about offending others. So worried about not making waves that we see people who need to know Him and say nothing. We see people dying in sin daily. Don't care if they die.
1: Because we must not care if we say nothing.
0: We must not care if we aren't setting that example. I'm not saying go out and bash them over the head with the word of the Lord. (coughs) What I am saying is that you be dedicated to living your life,
1: living your Life in such a godly way,
0: that your light shines so bright that you are bringing out the God colors in the world around you, that they have no doubt whose you are, that they can see him so clearly through you, that they come to know him and believe. And it doesn't have to be because you're bombarding them with scriptures. But you do have to interact sometimes. You do have to speak to them. Greet them. Show them God's love. And will they ever ask why you're so nice? This is what God would have me do. God loves me. God loves you. God wants me to love you. Let us be careful. Not fall asleep on a child. To be a city on a hill with our beacon shining bright. So as the song plays. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you help us, strengthen us, guide us, that we might be able to live a life for you, to have your values, your principles your word in our hearts guiding us directing us and being what we live by what we live for but help us lord to be willing and able to share that that we might be a city a lamp on a stand a city on a hill that we don't just bask in your light that we are a light that shines in the dark of the world around us. Help us to stand firm in you and to live a God life and a good life. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen.